Friendshiping is proud to partner with Multitude for some sweet ads. With Knowable, you can learn anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace through audio. Learn about the performance benefits of a plant-based lifestyle from NBA All-Star Chris Paul. Or learn about space from NASA Commander Scott Kelly. A bunch of smarty pants this is. Eggheads. Four eyes. Eight eyes. Sixteen eyes. So many eyes. Knowable is accessible on your phone and on the web, and each audio course is broken out into individual lessons, usually around 15 minutes long. You can explore at your own pace, and each class is supported by downloadable materials, lessons, recipes, and more. As a friendshiping listener, you can get an annual membership to Knowable for 20% off. Get unlimited access to every Knowable audio course right now. Just download the Knowable app or visit knowable.fyi or download the app and use code FRIENDSHIPPING for an additional 20% off. That's knowable, K-N-O-W-A-B-L-E dot F-Y-I. I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This, this is, is friendshiping. FRIENDSHIPPING! And the theme this week is... How to tell your friends about your breakup. Friendship between humans has many benefits, but sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. I'm excited about this question, as I, as I usually am. Um, but I, I've, you know, I, I almost said like I love breakups. I don't love them, uh, but I've had enough good experiences with breakups in my life, you know, to be able to be like uh, excited and, and present for this question. As soon as we got the question, I was like, oh, we got to do this one. This is Trin could Trin could do this in her sleep. It makes me really happy when people who have had a romantic relationship can still continue to treat each other like people, you know, and it's not always freaking possible, you know. But when you have a romantic relationship with somebody who is also your friend, it is so much easier to transition back into friendship after that, I feel like. And that's what's happening in this question. And I can understand fully why that's very confusing to friends around the broken up couple. So we're going to talk a lot about how to make this clear and, you know, hey, uh, what this asker's worried friends might actually be correct about. Trin. Here's what's on my mind today. Yes, what's on your mind, Jen? I love buying things. Who doesn't? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's why. There's not much else going on in the household oh, at yeah. the moment. Um, and the material possession I want to shout out, Jen's material possession of the week, is the espresso maker that my partner and I purchased a couple weeks ago now. And it's expensive to own your own device. It's a machine. It's a device. It does things. And... I did the math, which is when I do math, something's either something's gone really wrong, usually, if I'm doing math <laughs> of any kind. But in this case, it was a positive thing because I did the math to figure out if we got an espresso machine that cost this much money, how many visits would that save us to a coffee shop? I used my little thingies and did some counting. And hey. um, I, it would come, come somewhere between uh, 55 and 65 visits to a coffee shop. And I know that we would hit that. So this machine is obviously paying for itself. That's how economics work. I'm now enjoying every afternoon a delicious espresso made by me. Isn't that great? I don't, ugh, material possessions, capitalism, owning things couldn't be so great. So I've been desperately trying to find this tweet from my buddy Liz this whole time, and I don't think I'm going to find it, um, but it's so relevant. And I'm going to paraphrase it because I think I can sufficiently do that at least, which is I must stop trying to soothe myself with the little boxes that come in the mail. But 
but there's <laughs> nothing else happening other than those little boxes that come in the mail. And like, I feel that oh, so much. <laughs> Today we had a, a thing delivered and uh, the delivery person FedEx knocked on the door, which doesn't usually happen. Usually they just like fling it over our fence and like disappear um which is great fine. great it's fine um <laughs> it's it's always exciting to see something like flinging past your window and be like oh that's something i, I bought um <laughs> but it's fine whatever whatever um so he knocked on the door and it like awoke something in me my partner and of course my dog we all perked up like what was that there's a knock upon the chamber doors <laughs> What could that possibly be? And then we all three of us went outside to to investigate. <laughs> okay, Trid, tell me what's going on with you. Okay, so listen, Jen. So Jen came over the other night because I'm moving, as everybody knows. I'm moving to Texas. I'm actually moving in like two days. <laughs> so yeah, you're moving in like th- after this episode. You're like you're you're like twenty minutes away from moving. Absolutely. So this is actually going to be my last episode recorded in Chicago. And also, if I sound a little echoey in this episode, that's because there's nothing left in this closet except for a giant blanket in me. (laughs) Um, So Jen came over the other night uh, just to pop by and uh, we did an exchange of goods and it was very nice. And despite the fact that I've been friends with you for like eight or nine years now and the fact that we have a show called Friendshipping. It dawned on me for the first time that Jen and friend sound really similar. (laughs) Like they sound like almost like the same word. And so I just spent a lot of time finding friendship songs and putting your name into it, such as. Oh my God. What? You got a Jen in me. (laughs) Who doesn't want a Jen inside them? (laughs) No one, I think. And then, the, you know, we got the classic Freddie Mercury. You're my best, Jen. Ooh, you're making me laugh. Oh, and, my God, Trin. And then, I of think course, I would like to clarify real quick that you had this realization after I left your home. So it yes. wasn't even like you didn't even like look at me and come to it. You were like, hey, wait a no. second. <laughs> it was just like like we were texting and I was like, I can't believe this has never occurred. Oh, man. Okay, uh, please continue. And the last example for today, and obviously, of course, anybody who thinks of any more friendship-related songs that I can insert Jen into, please email us at friendshippingpodcast at gmail.com, subject line, Jen song. Uh, <laughs> and there's uh, the Golden Girls theme song. Thank you for being a Jen. Oh, and, uh, you're welcome. That's, that's all I've got so far. Um, but it has been a really nice project for me because, uh, <laughs> as you know, I've been trying to delay everything in my emotional processing backlog for as long as I can. Yes, yes. I just, you know, okay, so I th- maybe I've said this on the show before, but I don't care, listeners. You're going to hear it again. So, you know, sometimes... You know, you have to emotionally process things as they're happening. But in the pandemic, it's like we're already handling so much emotionally that anything else that comes on top of it, it's like, please just put that in a jar, put that on a shelf. Like you don't have to can it for the winter if you don't want to. Some of these are going in cans, though. I'll tell you what, I'm going to can the shit, put them in a mason jar. But some of them are just like, you know, I'm going to grab one of those empty containers that usually hold my face cream and when it's empty I put I put stuff in usually weed um that's where I'm gonna keep my emotions for now because it's just like again such an enormous emotional backlog so I was like I'm not gonna deal with any of my feelings until possibly next Tuesday so any like weird like little things like again so I've been doing the Jen songs 
I've been organizing things in a way that they don't need to be organized, like alphabetizing stuff. Just like a variety of little bullshit has really been my entire life. Oh, yeah. I do the same thing. I like organizing. You know, this is why it's helpful for me to have like a regular therapy appointment on the calendar, because right now I'm going weekly. And you, but you don't have to go weekly. You can go monthly or as needed or whatever. But I'm going right now weekly. And that means I can literally be like, OK, I'm going to unpack that one. Uh, Tuesday at 7 p.m. with the help of a professional. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, you're going to bring in, like, professional movers to help you unpack that shit. Yeah. (laughs) That's exactly it. Oh, man. Uh, I, I, oh, mm -hmm. let me think. Do we want to banter more before we go into the question? I feel like maybe we have sufficiently bantered. I think we've bantered. We've bantered enough for for today. I mean, I'm never, (laughs) my banter cup is never full, but I think we've met our requirements. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Question cool. time? Is it your turn? Yeah, I think it is. I have no idea if it is, but I'll read it anyway. Let's just our best guess. Yeah. Pronouns she, her. My partner of 13 years and I broke up a few months before lockdown, and we still live together 15 months later. Over lockdown, and even after the breakup, we realized that we had grown apart as lovers over the past few years, but our friendship was very important to us, and we're still best friends. We live together really well. We know when to give each other space and how to communicate. We've discussed a lot of the implications of still living together. And trust me, we're not deluded. My therapist also sees no problem with me living with my ex and being close friends. However, many of my friends, acquaintances, and new friends find it strange. And certainly, I'll admit it is unusual. I find it hard to explain to them that I'm not hiding anything. I was sad when we broke up, but I'm actually more than happy to live with my best friend who just so happens to also be my ex. I live in Australia, and we've been lucky enough to be out of lockdown for months now, so I'm making some new friends. I am finding it hard to explain to these new friends that while it is unusual, it's not a problem. How do I put my friends at ease, and how do I explain my unusual living circumstances to new friends without them thinking I have unresolved stuff with my ex-slash-housemate-slash-best-friend? Thanks. Ooh. Okay, so, first blush. My first impression is, I think it's okay if your friends don't fully get your situation right now, and they may never get it. Like, do they need to fully get it? I mean, I don't know. You're in charge. You're the captain or you're the co-captain with your former partner. You're not in harm's way. You're not in danger with this living with this person. You have signed off on it. Your former partner has. And so has your therapist. So presumably those three people know the most about this and they are all okay with it. So that's those are a lot of good green flags to me. Absolutely. Like, I, I definitely like starting off with Yes, we agree that we, we ha- I think we have to agree that this is healthy because, I mean, an, a literal mental professional is like, yes, thumbs up. The two of you seem to be OK. We're going to work with the assumption that this is all accurate and true. You are doing OK. So the root of your question is, how do I make my old friends feel at ease and how do I explain this to my new friends? And the second part of that question is super easy. I just don't see why you have to explain yourself to anybody new, because in their eyes, this would just be your housemate, which is true. That is the, the, the role that this person fills in your life. And they had a different role uh, not too long ago, but I just feel like you don't need to explain this. And it may be like if you become very close to a new friend, you're like, guess the frick what? Yeah, you can pull that layer back and explain later. But, you know, that doesn't need to be the top priority of the conversation when you're getting to know a new group. 
I agree. It's just like they don't need to know. It's not that important. So I talk often about my like breakups on the show, especially my divorce, which again, which was the least dramatic divorce of all time. And I've just stopped describing him as my ex because that's not the most important thing that he does, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like him being my ex is not that important, but him being one of my very best friends is. So when I talk about Andy, I say my oldest friend, Andy, my dearest friend, the person who knows me like super well, you know, that's how I describe him because it's like the everything else is pretty irrelevant, I would say. Yeah, that's such a good way of putting it. And sometimes this is just a fact of life. I've noticed sometimes breakups and divorces and other life choices just confuse your friends. Sometimes those choices will alarm your friends and maybe inspire them to intervene. But that is not the case here. So they are probably puzzled, curious, a little concerned. And you know what? I bet they're being a little nosy. And take that from me, a fellow nosy person. <laughs> Same. And like they're they are also using their background in breakups and partners and things to process the information that you're giving them. So they are thinking to themselves, oh my God, I could never do that with this person that I dated, this person I was married to. That would never work out for me. So because that's their basis of information, that's what they're, they're going for. People are bringing what they know about their past to this conversation. Which, of course, you're never completely divorced from your own experiences. So, of course, that's... that's <laughs> divorced. The, divorced. That's what they're bringing. It's kind of like how... Um, I don't really care about this anymore. But I, for a while, I didn't always tell people, at least not immediately, that I met my life partner, my husband, in high school. And it's because when people think of their high school boyfriend, they think like, oh, my God, I could never. And I know, I know that that's true for most people. It's just not true for me. So I feel like we're kind of... An, I'm, I, I'm trying to make a comparison here that like, they are bringing their experiences to uh, versus mine experiences, and they're just different. Jen, I really, really, really love that comparison because it's accurate. That's why these things are unusual. They're unusual because they're often very difficult. But sometimes it just fucking works, you know, such as Jen and, and her partner and you and your ex-partner slash best friend now. I mean, it's just people are different and people have a very hard time processing differences in people. I don't know if you've noticed this, but human beings <laughs> are bad at that. They're so bad yeah. at it. So really what your friends need to do, what you want them to do is just support you. So are they supporting you? I mean, because it just sounds like they're coming from a place of understandable concern and confusion. And like they don't understand your, your situation and that's okay. Um, only the people involved know every detail and need to understand it. So what you can do here is you can tell your friends how best to support you. You can use language that you used in the question to us, which was, I know this is unusual, but it's really fine. It's really going great. It is not a priority for me to move out. You can say all those things and you can say it in a way that's steady, confident, and doesn't inspire follow-up questions because that's how you feel. I hope that you saying that is the end of it. Like, I hope people aren't prying or really skeptical because um, this just there's no I don't see any warning signs in here that make me think that they should be overly concerned. I just thought of something that might be adding to your friend's confusion. And by your friends, I mean specifically your old friends, not the new ones that you've been making. So your old friends were presumably there for you during the breakup. And I would I would bet five dollars that you probably talked about your ex differently while the breakup was happening than you do now. 
I, and I understand that it, from the question, it seems to be just you grew apart as lovers, which makes total sense. But when you're going through a breakup and you're in breakup brain, you're not always saying the kindest thing about the person that yeah. you are you are breaking up with. And that is so natural and so and so reasonable and like it and it fucking happens. So it may be that they are confused because they remember the shit that you said about your ex. And I'm not saying like you talked shit or anything like that, but you spent a lot of time talking about how incompatible you are with this person and then you decided to live with them another 15 months. So that is what is confusing to your friends. So I would say if you haven't yet addressed it, it might be worthwhile to say to them, things are better and different. We we have a new routine. We have a new schedule. And like, I know that I was in pain through our breakup, but that that pain doesn't exist anymore. That was just a way station that I had to sit in until we got to where we are now, which is a comfortable place. Oh, that's great. I love that phrasing, too. Yeah. The things you said and felt then are different now. You know, and I would think any adult will be able to understand that because it's so reasonable the things you say and feel, not just in breakups, but in any major life altering change. It's so understandable that you maybe said things you, you don't agree with now or things that you felt then and you don't feel differently now. And I totally agree, Trin. I think you should say that. It, it would be worthwhile probably to, to let your friends know. I've updated the operating system. Things are different. Let's talk about the things that your friends might be thinking that are valid from their perspective, but are likely not valid from your perspective. Some of the things your friends might be thinking are, is my friend in denial? Which, let's be real, that would be fine. I don't care. Stay in denial. Stay in comfortable denial if you need to. Like, do what you need to do, buddy. Yeah, this denial that you're, the situation you're describing right now sounds like a safe place to be. So live on in denial. Fine by us. And, and that denial can be very helpful because splitting households is incredibly difficult. And putting that off makes sense sometimes, um, especially because you're, you're happy and comfortable, but also because, man, buying all new shit is really a lot of work. <laughs> and, and you're putting your energy into making new friends and, you know, trying to find happiness. And it's not as easy to be happy when you're like looking through the Bed Bath & Beyond catalog every day to see when dishes are on sale, you know? Yeah. Another thing your friends might be thinking is, how are they going to date again? Are they just holding each other back romantically? Like th this might be something your friends are thinking. And honestly, that's that kind of falls under the realm of not really their concern, but that your friends are concerned, you know? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you be concerned? Wouldn't you wonder? I would wonder. Yeah, absolutely. And I, it seems like dating is not on your mind right now because you weren't talking about like meeting new hot babes. You were talking about meeting new friends. And that is so OK. And when dating is on your mind, if it ever is again, which like not everybody dates, not everybody romances or sexes, do whatever you want. Uh, when when and if it happens, we can cross that bridge when we get there. That is something I think you you can put off. Like if you meet some some hot person of unknown gender, because I do not know what genders you are attracted to, then 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 maybe we'll talk to our therapist about like how we we broach this topic or whatever. But for now, I mean, I think you're in a pretty comfortable holding pattern, which holding pattern brings us to the next topic that your friends are likely thinking about, which is, will it be 
that the longer that this situation goes, the more difficult it will be to get out of, which is honestly like very true. Um, You two are relying on each other. It seems that you guys are friends. You are a source of emotional comfort for one another. It will. It will be harder and harder to get out of the longer that it goes. But that's the other thing is that this seems like an amicable situation. And even though it will be a difficult bridge to cross, we can wait for that bridge to show up. I think that would be okay, especially because your therapist is involved. Turn, you wrote something here about a teddy bear that I think you need to share out loud. (laughs) So uh, I would say the one pitfall of this, and again, you have a therapist, so listen to your therapist before you ever listen to me. (laughs) Um, But one thing I was thinking was, are you two each other's teddy bear? Like, are you each other's, I don't know what word they use in Australia for stuffed animal. Because, I mean, stuffed animal is not a very cute phrase for like teddy bears and stuff. And I think you guys say plushies or stuffies, which is way cuter. Way cuter. I wrote in all caps, what are they called down there? So please, (laughs) please reply and tell us. We could Google it, but we want to hear from you, an Australian. And most likely you will email us something way cuter than we will find on Google when we... Google plushy. I don't know. I just feel like straight to the source. We're going straight to the we're journalists. We're going to the source. And well, also, if we Google plushy, I think a bunch of sex things will come up. But anyway, what's important here is that sometimes it's important to give up your teddy bear. And sometimes it isn't fucking important at all. (laughs) So I was just telling Jen, like I was just having a rough day the other day. And I still have my little baby blankie. I don't like sleep with it every night. And uh, if I did, well, fuck you for judging me because who cares? <laughs> um, but I keep my little blankie in my pajama drawer. And I would say once every like five years, I got to bust that thing out and just hug it for a few minutes and do some weeping. And honestly, like that's fine. Um, having something that comforts you, comforts you. That's a good thing. But if you are wanting to move on to something else that will comfort you, this can, I know, I hate using the word hold you back because I don't think that's true. I think really what it is, is it may slow you down, which is not always a terrible thing. Again, I know we sound so ambivalent about this, but because it is because it is a mixed bag situation. Sometimes you got to give up the teddy bear and sometimes you keep the teddy bear in your pajama drawer until you're 36, just in case, (laughs) you know, that's okay. But what I don't want to have happen is, so, uh, there's this show, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, that was on TV for a while that I loved and I talk about all the time. And there is this couple, um, Daryl and White Josh, uh, White Josh being the Josh on the show who is less important than the main Josh, who is not white. So we call him White Josh, which I think is very funny. So they break up and they become friends. But uh, Josh is just hanging around Daryl's house every week and they're, they binge watch TV together, all this stuff, which sounds healthy and good and, and fine, except for the fact that Josh is spending his time teddy bearing Daryl when he could be really moving on with his life. And so one day while they're watching another like survivor marathon or whatever, Daryl literally takes his drink and dumps it on Josh and says, you have to get out and you have to get out because I care about you. It's actually a very sweet scene and actually really funny. He's like, I care about you and I I want you to be here, but you can't be here every day binge binge watching survivor with me. You you have to continue with your life. Um, And from the question, it doesn't seem like you're really putting yourself on hold, but there are some aspects we didn't hear about. If you are romantically inclined, that's not happening right now, and it will be difficult while you live with your ex. So consider the fact that this should have an expiration date, I think. Can I say should in this? I think so. I know of... uh... 
I know of one person whose divorced parents still mostly live together and get along, and they've been doing that for like 45 years. So certainly it's possible. We're just checking on you. We're checking on you in the way your friends probably want to. And how lucky to have this circle of people. Um, you know, I called them nosy and puzzled and stuff. But how lucky, too, to have this circle of people around you who are checking on you. Yeah. They want to make sure you're okay. Those, that's your support system. So remember that if you do decide to not live together anymore, or if you change your mind, or if you realize this does need eventually to have an expiration date, I don't know, just those people are checking on you. That's a gift. I, it's funny because really our answers to both of your questions are like, eh, you know, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> I know. do you have so to explain helpful. this to your new friends? I don't think you do. I don't think you ever need to mention it. Like, I don't think it's that important at all. Do you need to convince your old friends that you're happy and healthy? I mean, I don't think that they're ever going to be fully convinced because they love you that much and they are constantly like on the lookout for, okay. Uh, how's this person doing? How's she doing? Is she, does she need some scones? Can I bake her some scones? I don't know why that came up as like the first thought of taking care I of someone. I think that's really nice. Um, but yeah, like scones. They, Friendship scones. <laughs> I, I don't think you can convince them that, that you're going to be totally okay. I think that talking through, okay, yes, I may have said different things during the breakup, but we are cool now. And hey, we've got a mental health professional involved, blah, blah, blah. If you've already said those things to them, I don't think they're ever going to be convinced. And honestly, what's the benefit of them being convinced, really? Like, like, yeah, who cares? <laughs> maybe maybe it's good to have some healthy skepticism in your corner, oh, too. Oh, yeah. It, like, maybe just in case. Sometimes friends ask the questions that you don't want to answer or be asked. And this doesn't happen often in my life, but sometimes when it does happen, I'm like, oh, shit. I never would have thought of that. Or, oh, man, that's an interesting way. To, like, you do need other voices in your life, right? Yeah. Um, and then don't listen to people that don't want the best for you, obviously. But it sounds like these people really do. And it sounds like they know that you were together 13 years. And now you've been broken up for about a year. That's a major life change. So, of course, they're concerned, worried, confused. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right, Jen. Those are just symptoms of them giving a shit, which is great. Having old friends who give a shit about you. That is a really beautiful thing. And again, there is a universe in which you tell them even more of the truth. You tell them even more about what's happening and hopefully they will feel better. And maybe they will. But honestly, I, I don't see what it does for you to have your friends be less confused about something that doesn't affect them in any way. As we wrap up here, let's just think of some things that you can say. Hey, I'll let you know if my situation changes. But for the past 15 months... It's been really amicable. It's been really just working fine. Um, and if that changes, you'll hear from me, you know? Or you say, when I complain about this person, um, please take that with a grain of salt and know that my complaints are like normal roommate complaints and they're not, this is my ex complaints. Like, you know, mm -hmm. maybe if you feel like you can explain or you want to explain or provide a little more detail, I think you can do that. At the end of the day, for me, I guess like my perspective on this is just, your new friends don't need to know. Your old friends are just going to have their thoughts. And their thoughts are not, yeah. it, they're not important. They're just thoughts. They don't, <laughs> it's funny. I just showed this, I showed uh, this song, uh, Here Comes a Thought uh, from Steven Universe to Jen, like five minutes before we recorded this episode. Uh, and there's this part of it that's like, just a thought, just a thought, just a thought. And, and I like it so much because those thoughts are meaningless. They don't do anything. I know that it can feel bad and weird 
to not be understood by people who are close to you. And, and you're right. A huge part of friendship is feeling mutually understood and they, they're not understanding of this. But again, their thoughts don't affect you at all. So I would say if they have all the information, if you've done what you can, just let them have their irrelevant, silly, ridiculous thoughts that don't mean anything. Yeah, let them have their thoughts, whatever they are. They are they are entitled to those just as you were entitled to yours. And thoughts aren't actions, you know? Thoughts aren't actions. They're, they're just not. So I guess the conclusion is Jen and I agree that your new friends should mind their own freaking business. <laughs> and if and if one day you feel like explaining to them, like feel free. But like ultimately, you are telling your new friends the truth, which is this person is your roommate. That is the role that they fill in your life right now, and that's really all the information that they need to know. Will it be a hilarious story one day when you're drinking at a bar like, "You know that person that I was living with when we met? We dated for like freaking a decade and a half, guys." That will be hilarious in my opinion. Um, and then your old friends, uh, I agree so much as usual with Jen that they seem to just be confused. And it's not up to you to unconfuse them. All you can do is give them as much of the truth as you feel like giving, and then they're going to react the way that they react. And you don't really have any control over that. But their opinions don't matter. They're, no, not really. No, nah, not really, because they're outside the relationship. And um, uh, right now, when I th- when I think of your circle of friends, I'm picturing them like on the bench at a basketball game, and they're ready to jump in at any moment. Like they're ready to be called in off the bench. This is about sports. I think. I think I'm talking about. Oh, basketball. you're doing That's it. That's what's in my mind. Resident I'm Jack Jen Bain hit it. <laughs> and I think that's how I'm picturing them. I'm not picturing them like heckling you yes, from the sidelines. Right. So I hope that's not what it is. I hope they're not like jeering and booing from the stands. Instead, they're on the bench. That's where they are. They're like, call me up if you need me. I will play every minute of this game. Um, so I think that's I think that's the position your friends are in. If we're if we're wrong about that, well, we're never wrong. So it's never, never happened. Need to go. Hasn't happened yet. Yeah, that's never happened. <laughs> um, yeah, Jen, I would like that you mentioned that possibility because you're right. In my head, I was like, they're not like constantly talking about this. They bring it up when they bring it up. But if your old friends are constantly bringing this up, remind them that you have an actual professional on the case and that they are not that and they have to shut up. They have to shut up. <laughs> Be like, are you charging me for this conversation? Because I already pay a professional $70 an hour. Oh, wait, you're in Australia. What's the healthcare situation there? You're probably doing, you're probably not paying 70 120 an the hour. The government is paying a, a professional on your behalf. <laughs> And the government is not yeah. going to pay your friends to think about you. Tell your friends, like, you're not on the payroll, okay? <laughs> right? And I, again, I, I think that this sounds healthy, if only because of how cheerful you sound and you seem very hopeful and you have a professional involved. And honestly, people are people. If you fucked them, they're still a person, you know? Like, <laughs> that's what, and what I always say about, uh, you know, transitioning from, uh, you know, dating to friends is that it's so much easier when a friendship existed previously, or at the very least, friendship was at the core of your relationship. And that seems to be the case. And you know what? If your old friends still aren't listening to you, as, as always, just send them over to this podcast episode, you know, and we'll tell them. <laughs> we'll deal with them. It's our problem now. This has been Friendshipping with Jen and Trin. If you would like to send us a question or give us more songs that have the word friend in them that I may substitute the word Jen in, 
you can do two different things. You can email us, friendshipingpodcast at gmail.com, or you can go to friendshipingpodcast.com, and there you will find a tab that says get in touch, and there you will send us a message. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can at do friendship. I'm at Trin and Tonic, and Jen is at Jen Dangerous, and Trin has one N and Jen has two. Surprise, surprise. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Ian Parman, for editing. Thank you, Monica Verma, for having our back as our agent. Thank you, Lauren Gallagher, for your design work. Thank you, Molly Lewis, for our lovely theme song, which you both created and sang. And audience, hey, you know what? Thanks for listening. You're welcome for talking. Your friendship at the problem. This is, yeah, this has been friendshiping. Excellent. I just smacked my computer. And, and it was a bad, bad boy, so...